welcome to the Whispers of the Soul podcast, hosted by Sally Ann Marla and Sibby Spencer. Every week we dive into spiritually rich topics to create conscious conversations to help you, the listener, deepen into your own soul wisdom and practice. The space we create through our discussions invites you into your own inner world whilst we explore ours and our guest speakers. We come together to share stories, creativity, wisdom, insights and laughter. If you feel it's time to become more curious about your own uniquely creative, expressive self that makes you, well, you, then you are in good company. So hello, hello, and welcome to episode three, um, which is the energy behind words, which we're really excited to delve into, aren't we? Are. We? we are, we're ready to chat. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, and this week, um, we have a, a guest speaker who we're very excited to talk to called Tim Elliott. He's going to be with us um, during this podcast episode. Um, so, Tim, do you want to just, for people that are listening, just introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about who you are and what you're about? Yeah, yeah <laughs> of course. Um, so, hello, everyone. I'm Tim, as I said. Um, I always find this question really difficult yeah because I'm kind of multifaceted but honestly I think the crux of it is I'm just trying to leave the world a better place when it, than when I found it mm-hmm. and I do that through a few kind of projects I suppose I've spent most of what you'd call my working life um in the creative industries working with leaders on the communication challenge that surrounds things like culture and change and purpose and brand within organizations mm-hmm. yeah. but today um i don't do much client work i do little bits but i have more kind of meaningful projects so i'm a, a mentor and a facilitator which means i either chat one-to-one or to groups of people to help them overcome a challenge of some sort um i'm also connected to a couple of universities i do exec education at leicester university and i'm a on um entrepreneur in residence and honorary fellow i can't say honorary, honorary. it's a hard word isn't it <laughs> it's is hard that word i'm an honorary fellow uh, um Nottingham University which is great um, where I do uh, get involved in all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm part of a global human-centered design agency based over in Virginia in the States called The Spill Team and we um, they wheel the British communications guy out to uh, speak to the American, (laughs) European, African like change projects because everybody likes a a token British guy which is nice. diversity equity and inclusion to be that way around for a change um and i'm super passionate about uh climate change really so i'm the uk lead for um a thing called the climate reality project which is set up by former vice president al gore 
there's about 45,000 of us globally, but there's about 750 in the UK. And I'm trying to um, create an environment and a community where people can go off and, and save the world. Thanks. Um, that's about yeah, it. That's, a, that's a good. That's a good introduction, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> we like that. So impressive. Yeah. That links nice. in a little bit what your cousin's doing though with the eco stuff. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, we'll have to do another. We we'll maybe get Tim in again to do something mm. about saving the world ecologically. We, we can we drop some links as well. We can yeah. put some links oh. in the description. For yeah, that that, cool. if you're interested. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that was that was an introduction. So I met I met Tim at a creative morning um, when he was the speaker there and he was talking about ethos. Um, Sibby already knew Tim from a while ago and I think Sibby's done a, a talk, haven't you, for That's the creative right, yeah. mornings as well. Yeah. Um, and I was just so fascinated and blown away, Tim, with how how you were speaking about the topic. And I, you know, I put my hands up and thought, well, I don't really know much about ethos or where this is going to go. Um, and, you know, you shared a bit of your personal journey and it, I just absolutely loved it. So I thought because there was a lot of talk around this meaning making process, I just thought that it would be ideal to have you on to talk about the energy behind words and, and our understanding of that and how people are actually using words now through conversation, but they might not be fully conscious of what they're saying and they, you know, and and there is a journey. Sorry, that's the, that's another word we might need to talk about as well as authentic. Because people don't like journey, but there's a let's say process um, that people go through to kind of uh, when they when they're searching for, or looking for more meaning, or wanting to make more meaning in their lives, and that can sometimes result in a change of job or a change of relationship or a change of outlook. So, Tim, what what's your thoughts on on the meaning making process side of things? I've always said, actually, that language is meaning making. And I'm, you know, biased as an old marketing and proponent of kind of narrative and storytelling as a vehicle for for change and making that meaning. But mm. like everything, everything has a meaning. Like we, the people out there in the audience, for example, they will hear they'll hear words like you just mentioned a couple like authentic and journey not to skip to that point but i'll use them as an example but um but they might kind of roll their eyes or go oh jeez right because they've attached meaning to it right because it's our job as the storytellers as the communicators as the people who have this knowledge around language to manage the meaning we want people to attach to a word, right? Especially in the word English, things like creativity can mean so many different things, right? We all have our own definition of what creative is or what a journey is or what authentic is, right? But if we're using it as an individual, as an organisation, as a teacher, as a mentor, as whatever we're trying to do, it's our job to use the language we use to manage the meaning that people want to attach to that word in context of us. Mm. They might have many creative processes. They might be on many journeys, but yeah. we can only control the context, the meaning we want it to attach to us. And, and language is the way we do that. 
mm. right? We we have to own the definition of what creativity means to us, and that definition acts like a a magnet, really, right? And a magnet attracts and repels, right? So it will attract people who believe what we believe to this meaning, and it will repel the wrong people, right? Mm. And it's our job to tell stories and build credibility and and truth and proof around this magnet to make it the most powerful magnet because the more we do the more meaning is attached to it yeah and do you think with branding as well because i know that you work do some work with branding um because I, I feel like as a consumer you can almost sense when um a brand is authentic <laughs> sorry to use that word but or the meaning that they're attaching behind the word is true or not you know what I mean if they're just using it mm. as a buzz word you can almost sense that as a consumer I I think I feel like I no I, can. I agree yeah which yeah. is not something that's easy to explain is it and there's, not... there's the energy behind it I suppose which is what we're talking about yeah this is it right and there's I mean organizations and brands and products and stuff is a funny world like mm. honestly they matter very, very little in the world of people. Yeah. Like, and we, and when we're on the inside, and I've been, you know, I am now a reformed marketer. I'm saying like a <laughs> bit of a, like on a, an a AA program for. Uh, <laughs> With <laughs> <all>. <laughs> um, But it's like it's it, like we think they mean the world, and they don't mean. They they're there usefully, and there's some prime examples that are there to make an impact, make a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs says, right? To do something more than just sell some stuff. But most of them, honestly, are just there to sell some stuff. And that's all right, because people need stuff. Let's not get into the whole climate consume, yeah, no, like no. end of capitalism <laughs> no. thing at this point of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just... We'll just right give, give me five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just agree that people need to buy stuff. Yeah. And leave the moral stuff out of the <laughs> But yeah, it's um I mean whatever you're whatever you're in charge of, right? Whether it's a what shall we call it? Let's say like a purpose or a proposition, right? Whatever that is, whatever remit you're listening to this show in, right? It's our job to manage the meaning people attach to you and your offer. Mm-hmm. So that can be a brand, that can be an individual, that can be a, a charity, an organisation, a ceremony, a symbol, right? It's it's our job to manage the meaning people attract to you and your offer. Otherwise, they'll make their own mind up. And we know people, mm. technically. Do we want them to make their own mind up? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a good idea for many people. Usually, mainly politicians, but let's not go yeah, there either. Let's yeah. <laughs> better not go there. No, no. That, that's a few size steps we've yeah, done so yeah, far. Yeah. We're like three minutes in. <laughs> I think that's really interesting, though, when you talk about storytelling and mm. kind of, I, I think sometimes when you're in, in business, you forget, a, you forget that that's part of your responsibility to portray a certain meaning. Um, and 
you know, you can get caught up in the, oh, this is the new thing and this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm supposed to be posting this and I'm supposed to be. And I, I realised with social media and posts, if I didn't post very often, but when I did, I was really excited or infused about something. And obviously there was energy behind that post that would do more for me than if I was consistently posting rubbish. Well, not yeah. rubbish, but just, you know, kind of being visible. Yeah. <laughs> All the other stuff that you're supposed to do. <laughs> and don't you feel that you can overwhelm? I mean, I know I've I've become regularly overwhelmed by the emails and the marketing that I've signed up for. Oh, yeah. And, you know, feel that flooded with kind of these messages <laughs> and, and you know bombarded. Like bombarded and there's so there's so much more I would say that there's so much more of the written word now if you think if you look at our society isn't there there's so much more to read like if you think about mm. reading and our um, being able to access the written word and being able to access information in that way yeah there's so much more and there used to be a long, long, you know, it used to be just the chosen few would be able to read or write. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like we are almost saturated. So then what we, I don't know what, what you think, Tim, but then what we do say almost needs to have a, like a greater resonance mm. to kind of stand out. Yeah, it, it does. Absolutely. But then if you're thinking about energy and language right there's your actions also tell their own story and there's mm -hmm. no words in there right but if yeah. you if i watch you to do something i've formed a story about it in my head like mm -hmm. i can't i i can't even if you hear about it right and then there's obviously the narrative the language that we do tell that we mm -hmm. intentionally communicate to people um or we tell anyway without the intention which is an interesting thing. But there's also the liminal stuff, right? The 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 reading between the lines. Mm. Right? The the judgment and comparison of what a brand or a person is saying that mm. you know is is the thing that attaches meaning, really, right? And it's a it's a negative thing. The like judgment and comparison kills creativity, whether you're listening yeah. to it or communicating it but that's how people make sense of stuff they compare it to other things or they mm. judge it right or wrong based on their their own subjective truth or or world views but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance right the 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 topic of today's thing is the the energy behind words right and if you if you think of that word energy, what like I read ages ago, years ago, a book or heard a podcast, and I can't remember. I won't say it's Malcolm Gladwell, but I can't I can't be sure. I'm like 61% sure it's Malcolm Gladwell. Um, so not very. But he says the actual currency of the universe is energy. Actually, it might be Bucky Fuller, Buckminster Fuller. Now I'm saying it out loud. Um Fact check me, internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks. Um, happy to receive derogatory comments. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Um, but you, um, but energy is the currency of the universe, not money, right? Oh, so ev everything we do puts out, like, gives us energy or takes it away. Yeah. 
you know, and when when you see the world through those rose tinted lovely glasses, then like it all makes sense, right? You you can see the interconnectedness of things. Mm. And yeah. the, the, the thing that connects everything, the way I see it anyway, is probably why I'm on this podcast episode, is that the thing that connects it is narrative or language or communication, right? Because that's how we get from one place of understanding to another, yeah. is through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that and, and expression plays a, a big role in that as well, because we we can taking the same information but individually that might be expressed in different ways and that also plays a role in the in creating the narrative particularly a collective one when you have all of these different you know expressive um i don't know viewpoints or experiences to share that comes through a person it just kind of mm. it can it can layer it up beautifully i mean i, I guess it could work the opposite way too but <laughs> Yeah. It, it can, right? It can, and there's there's good and bad meaning that people can attach to stuff. But that's why it's important for people with a voice, or choose, everybody's got a voice, let's ignore that comment, everybody's got a voice, but those who intentionally choose to use it mm. for something, yeah. right? Because uh, everybody's got a voice. But, um, like, it's why, why those people should understand and practice manage the meaning that people attach to us and our other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that taps into the are you conscious of it or are you not conscious of it? Because, mm. you know, for a big chunk of my life, I was not conscious. I, you know, and, and I'm not talking badly about myself. I just was caught up in survival mode for the most part. And, you know, just I was just repeating a bit like a robot, just what I thought I should say or what somebody might want me to say. And and I wasn't conscious So this this idea of being conscious, which I think also ties in with intention. Is so for me, it's so huge, which is why we called our our subtitles creating conscious conversations, because we want to be mindful of what we're actually saying and conversing and, you know, yeah, because if you sort of throw that away, then you've lost that root, that anchor in that makes you you. You, you lose almost mm. that soul part of you that kind of just stays quiet or hidden. It's not you're just kind of on, operating on the surface more, aren't you, without conscious awareness? Yeah. And I think. There's um, you get whatever you call it. Right, there's many names for it, but I think people have distinct moments of clarity or tipping points or moments of realisation or something. These can be loads of little stuff that's cumulative, not one big uh-huh. boom, right? <laughs> or it can be a big thing, um, but, but it's the tipping Right? It's the change, it's the um, dynamism of that moment that changes a, a worldview or a perspective or a, or a belief in something. And I think people have those. Mm. Um, yeah. I think to, with anything, I think a lot of people, they happen too. But obviously, like, we would probably know, the three of us, that like, 
it's accumulated, it's built on it. So, like, there's something in it. It doesn't just randomly happen. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's some meaning to it. It's about the, you know, something in the universe has caused that somewhere to happen, right? But, yeah. um, or you can design it, right? You can, like, intentionality is a word that's super interesting, mm. talking of words. But, um intentionality is a big thing like what do you need what do you need to be able to be intentional you need some level of awareness maybe a, an empathy maybe a a clarity in your conscience like there's like living intentionally is is difficult everybody does stuff because they choose to or decide to but i don't know if that the, the meaning of intentionality is different for me, I think. Mm. I think, Sally, you were saying um, last week, was it last week's podcast, about being a clear channel? Mm. So, like, creating a clear channel so that you are being intentional, you know, and you're, and you're in touch with your true intentions, as it were. Mm. Well, again, there's some of those words that people don't like when you talk about true self or authentic self mm. or you know that that divine spark or that divine element that's that is in you that people kind of go what that's that <laughs> feels uncomfortable but it, it's so relevant and I you know for me a lot of the work wasn't about doing all the research and finding out all the information or the knowledge it was about taking off all the layers of you know uh, let's say rubbish uh <laughs> That was blocking me from kind of accessing that part of my self mm. you know and how and in terms of energy it was I just I don't know I felt like I was just a a small very restricted like dark cloud not able to be anything say anything do anything that felt like it was really coming from me that place within me mm. but that clear channel for me as I've gone on and done my spiritual work and you know, and, and I do channel, um, it, it just, the energy is so different. It's so clear and pure. There's no, um, I don't know, what's the word, like um, manipulation or there's no, there's nothing that kind of murkies the water a little bit. It's mm. just, and it lands differently. It lands in such a way that it just impacts you to that point where you, you just sit up and pay attention. You're like, oh, whew, okay. I'm listening. I'm here. Yeah, and I find that with write with writing because that's mm. my that's my my thing. That's your thing. <laughs> For want of a better word, but that's quite a cool word. Um, it's your because thing. that's my clear channel, and and yes. I know like looking through my life when I've felt perhaps silenced by um, people around me. You know, when you've got other people's energy that's kind of. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Oppressing or whatever Energetic it is. transactions. Yeah. And yeah. We do with another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um like writing has been mine, like the written word. So so for me, I'm really interested in the power of the written word. And I think there have been studies about writing things down being more that there's more there's powerful. More power, mm. isn't there? And things like affirmations and I don't know what your thoughts are about about that, Tim. I mean, journaling is in literally every change personal development thing. Yeah. Right? Like, pick one. 
journaling yeah. is in there somewhere, right? So there must be a truth in it at mm. some point. Even even the 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 old fashioned personal development entrepreneurial game changing ten steps to a million dollar like yeah. Americanness, right? <laughs> so if you write you write your goals down on yeah. a piece of paper because there you put them out into there must be something yeah. in there, right? I like I, I love writing. I love I journal every day. Um I don't write it though, I type it because my writing is terrible. And I can't often I can't read it very well, so I type it. But it has the same effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. writing, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that like the process of getting language out, like yeah, what what does it come coming it. from? Exactly. That I've just want just I hope you don't mind, but I'm reading yeah. this fantastic book called the way of the fearless writer um but it's just amazing and it's just exactly what i'm meant to be reading right now and because i'm trying to write this second novel and i've been going at it from a very um amount of words kind of approach which is what i did with my first novel but i know that this novel needs to be from a deeper place and i need to get more into this you know flow Mm. for for it yeah but um i love this is Beth Kempton, but she's absolutely awesome. Like I've only recently discovered her. But um, this contains loads of writing prompts for you if you if you want to be a writer. And she basically says that any, if you write, you're a writer. You know, there's no, yeah. <clears throat> there's no like you have to have a book or you have to be published or, you know. <clears throat> but she says, um, every now and then when we open our hearts to write, and dissolve the walls that keep us blind to the great mystery, we get a glimpse of it, which I absolutely love. Because I think there's real power, isn't there, in sitting down with like a pen and paper or at your computer and just kind of allowing allowing something to flow out, you know, allowing words to flow out. It has a creative yeah. element. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that... That is uh, an example of, uh, I think what Sally mentioned a, a minute or so ago, like the the process of letting go to move yeah. forward, right? The the process of being all right with not knowing and doing it anyway. Yeah. Like not knowing the answer, which we're super trained to from school to have an answer for every opportunity. Yeah. And the, the best answers are discovered through doing the work never known in the beginning. Um, even a lecturer on management entrepreneur management yesterday was in a a thing I did at Nottingham University and um, he said if they were talking to a a bunch of young entrepreneurs and they said right if anybody comes to you saying they know the answer to your challenge they're not the one and I was like oh my god you teach management and entrepreneurship literally (laughs) out of just ripped up the book that, that I've just said, but it, it's that you know, it's the art of not knowing and doing it anyway, right? That that true freedom that connects you to. I refer to it because of a a, a process I've been through, which I've spoken to off podcast, but I'll say the word shifted is the transition ceremony mm-hmm. um, for people. We can put links in, yeah, peeps. Yeah. Um, but there's 
they have two fields. They have the knowing field and this field that we're in. And it's our job to have practices that connect us to the knowing field, which is you can see how everything or feel, in my case, how everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And you get a, you know, there's in order to have that ability to see that or to understand that or to just believe that it's there mm-hmm. right it's a it's a process of unlearning yeah I can and I did a lot of work around unlearning and a lot of talks to people about unlearning it over the over the COVID years mm. sorry for saying the c word on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, another word with energy uh, behind yeah, it yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um but yeah there, there's a, a period of unlearning right that we've all been through of what what stuff means to us right and this is all language again right this is all energy and language right like i spoke to people who were before were you know doing the stuff and then had to stop and had to re-unlearn what work meant to them what success looked like what productivity looked like what happiness was what what to do with time when it's not dictated that you know 45 hours a week you've got to go on the motorway to an office that's quite a lot like when that's taken away then what do you do with it like people didn't know what to do with the time like that takes us on to like understanding coming from periods of stillness of nothing Mm. like of of just being present or connected but not doing anything intentionally like it's yeah lots of avenues i mean that that the yeah i mean the 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 period of time that we've just been through is just uh totally you know unknown and unique really in our known Mm. history really isn't it you know uh to be i mean we i know that i'm going off it but to to for the whole world to be going through something at the same time and that could only happen now because of, the, of travel yeah. um was just a huge thing and yeah i totally see where you're coming from like the, the the meanings that people had about their lives so many people have oh yeah questioned and changed those haven't they and started yeah. to create new meanings out of things yeah there was it was it was a big shake-up and, and for some people it was a good thing some people mm. kind of reconnected to family that they yeah. weren't able to some people actually sat and thought hang on a minute what is this that I'm feeling that I've never given time for and yeah so it I mean there was some good that that came out of it in, in that was. respect because people were just landed in their own space and there was no distractions yeah um but you know the interesting thing about time for me is when I always, I often say when you're in creative flow, time goes fast in terms of how we measure it in a linear fashion, time goes fast. So what five minutes to you might have actually been, you know, a couple of hours or something. But when you're in, the, and the, again, when you're in the present moment, if you really like what you're explaining, Tim, when you're really in the present, but you're not in the present to particularly do anything, you're just in, in a being state. For me, I almost feel like sort of time changes around me, like it expands or something. I know this sounds quite no, deep no, really no, but, but it just I don't know I just feel like I'm sat in in a place that's actually quite powerful <clears throat> and there's a few people that talk about that that say you can only change your future when you understand what it means to be in the present because that's from the point of 
of manifestation really and, and mm. what you want to bring about or create as a creator yourself or a co-creator if mm. you talk about universal energies so it's it's huge isn't it and yeah. I think probably like what you were saying with the global situation it just brought time almost to a halt and we people had to redefine what that meant to them yeah but there, there's like there, there's things you can unpack with that so most people think time is is chronos time right the stuff on our watches yeah right which is all right it comes and goes everybody has it like it's all right but when time chronos time was invented back in in ancient greece there was there's actually two types of time there's kairos which is the the modern definition is the the opportune moment or the right time to do anything and that's not mm. dictated by chronos time yeah yeah like that's that's the opportune moment like you need to be it opens up some marvelous stuff like about preparation and readiness and preparation that like sounds really boring like you know but you can living intentionally to go circle back a little bit like means you should always you always have to have an element of preparation because then how can you act intentionally if yeah you're not prepared to do so yeah right? it's a mindset challenge but i think it also links to another interesting um topic of that human being not human doing yeah idea. i love yeah. that saying yeah. i love that expression do you know which is related to which time you live in kairos or chronos or which one governs your intentionality maybe mm. we all live in chronos time because stuff like life and world um we live in this box that people have created for us and um, this 24 hour little window of thing mm. um <laughs> But there's um oh, some of this do. Checking but, every now and again. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um yeah, but it, you know, you can't be a a human being. You can't have time to see interconnectedness, to feel like to see stuff in energy form without without understanding the the difference in the constraints like chronos and time and energy re and resources are good kind of constraints but constraints are seen negatively by a lot of people because they think they're constraining but you can't have creativity without constraints mm. really right so it, it's it's again that perception of of and that that intentional perception and understanding and meaning that you attach to the constraints of going okay right so these are the constraints it, the opportunity now is that it's not a challenge because i can't do it because of, like negative language like i can't do it yeah or i just have for 10 minutes to do this thing that is like it, it constrains people because they don't attach the right meaning to the language, right? Which yeah. is why if we all spoke, we with voices spoke more about how people can manage the meaning and how they get to understand what the meaning is and just go on that exciting discovery of what what their truth is, right? What their yeah. ethos is, what their meaning is, what stuff means to them before they even figure out yeah. how to communicate it. We were, but, we were talking about that. We were talking about these throw, 
throwaway comments mm. where and and you know linking into time it might your throwaway comment might be i don't have time yeah mm. and actually you're kind of setting yourself up then to experience situations where you don't have time because you're the, the, mm. again this power this energy behind words in terms of what you're actually creating as as an experience or a reality is is you know weaved in how we speak or or even in our own thoughts you know with the inner critic mm. and it's coming up with all these old narratives that's it is restraining and res- restricting because i know and i think it's another way of kind of squeezing the human race almost into this this box that we don't fit in yeah like i mean i'm rubbish with time i'll be first to admit it i'm on the other but time you've that you just talked said, about him <laughs> you just told yourself that you're I'm rubbish. rubbish with time well but that's not yes, true but in the way in the measured time <laughs> yeah like i'm i if i feel something i want to do it then i'm quite i can be quite impulsive but and you know i lived in greece for six years and let me tell you something they don't do this i'll be there at it's 10 o'clock malarkey times. it's it's tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. You know, and I was like, I quite like how they I think in manage this country, the time. You feel that in this country yeah. we're very, you know, sort yeah. of rigid oh, this, about. Very rigid. This country, honestly, let's not go down that route. But this, <laughs> <laughs> Another sidestep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I... I've lived um, abroad also in a bunch of places, and it's like Australia is also the same, Spain is also mm. the same. Like, and it, it's it's that you know. Again, it's probably intentionality, right? But I think we have most of my working life, my work work has been in this country, working with people and like people I've mentored. And things like that. I have I have some rules in that. Like there's two phrases that are banned, and it's the word just because we don't just do anything when you're working with me. We either do it or we don't do it, and we choose to do it or not to do it. Like we're not just doing it. I hate the word just. Honestly, I'm going to make a t-shirt when it's warm <laughs> enough. With that one. Um, and the phrase yes but, like mm. no yes butters in my work. No, oh, I love that. Mm. No, yes, but yeah. yes, but I look like no, no. We choose. Like I'm both. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And both you either say no. No, it's good. Like I like no. We can move forward with no. Like it's a good, very positive thing. Choosing what not to do in a situation is is, I would say, more powerful than choosing what. To do. I think it's really Being difficult up. to say no sometimes, though, isn't it? I mean, certainly some people, including me, have struggled with that. It, 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 it's that it's that fear of repercussions. It's that fear of how people are going to react, isn't it? It's that it's something very powerful to learn to say the word no. I think that is Every, such a tiny word, but it's you know Every, it's a really important word. <laughs> everybody does, right? And yeah. I think it's like it's this interesting thing that everything is a, a a language and a mindset challenge right the mindset thing comes first because like the the word no frees up loads of space for you to do other stuff right for you mm. to for you to like i i always picture it's like an experimental mindset if you think of everything as an experiment those experiments can go right or wrong so you get rid of failure and judgment comparison all that negative stuff because experiments like a good outcome of an experiment is that it didn't work and then you don't have to do it again 
like you've learned what doesn't work mm. so you can just focus on stuff that does work which is better um but like it's that it's that that shifting just that shifting perspective the changing narrative that we have to embedding people with every kind of conversation and every kind of opportunity we have to communicate people is that if they just stepped like an inch to the left and saw it from this perspective mm. like there's a whole different angle of of world that opens up because if you like i teach experimental mindsets to in businesses and stuff as part of creating a, a creative culture or designing creative culture like because the energy in the work is just loads better and, and we we use you know everything that goes right or everything that goes wrong it's the person's responsibility not to get it right or wrong that's not the point but to tell a story of what went right or what went wrong so other people can learn and you have to tell one other person but then everybody does that in an organization and the energy and the communication is like amazing like it just feels like a a cohesive aligned culture right which you know the energy in those sort of things if you can use language and narrative and perspective to change the energy within a thing that energy ripples out right it ripples out into their customers people take it home into the family lives or into their friends groups you know because they we spend so much of our identity and time behaving like this at work like mm. it's very difficult for people to like switch off totally and go oh nope i'm going up you know yeah i'm gonna be this now that was just work me like that's not it's not true like, yeah like, yeah it's interesting it is and I, I think like what you sometimes it's like an automated process isn't it we just <clears throat> again that links in with the conscious awareness i guess and the intention we just kind of automatically and and we were we were researching phrases and things as well because you know somebody was telling me about when you say good morning the word morning is about being in mourning and and you know about loss and um I was looking up fine, you know, and English people go, I'm fine. I was looking up fine. And, and actually, the origin of the word, which is what's it called when you look at origins? Etymology. Etymology. Mm. Yeah, it, it talks about final, the finish, death, you know. Finite. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, yeah, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm deaf. How are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's also the way it makes you feel when you, you know, when if you say to somebody, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. It's like, oh, okay, I can't go any further. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's quite blocky, doesn't it? You can't, there's nothing to go out there. It's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and, and the other thing that interests me is that in terms of vibration and energy with words, there was a guy, so I wrote his name down. Um, he was a Japanese scientist um, called Mazuru Emoto, and he did experiments on the effects that words had on energy in the 1990s, but in particular with water. And so when water was frozen and if the water, uh, so the, the example here to hear was when water was free from impurities, um, if you looked at it under a microscope, it would have these beautiful sort of icicle snowflake type shapes, um, geoma ge geometry type yeah. shapes, wouldn't it? But if it had, um, if it was polluted or if it had additives like fluoride, it would freeze without forming these shapes. And so he took that on to then talk. He, he had these two different containers and they, 
one had a lid on that said, I hate you. And the other one said something like, I love you. And he did this experiment with them where you'd talk and you'd use words. And he actually changed the polluted water into one that looked like the snowflakes. And the other one went, and it just blows your mind, doesn't it? Because you just think that there's a a vibrational element with these words and how these words are are used and expressed that we don't always take into consideration. yeah, and that's the oneness and the interconnectedness again, isn't it, that you were talking about? Yeah. That how we're all connected. And it, it's so in nature and... You carry on, you carry on, you carry on. It's part of the... It's part of the... The, the nature connectedness thing though, right? Like, our, I can't remember the science, but our bodies are... I can't remember, 80, 90% water or something, yeah. right, aren't we? Something yeah. like that. Again, fact check me, internet people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to know. But, um, but so it makes sense that the things that move us and change us, right? The the language that we have that's meaning making is yeah. the stuff that can change what? Because we we're technically water. Like we're part of exactly. nature. We're not. You know, we're not, not in charge of it. We're not on top of it. We are actually it. We are. You know, unfortunately also destroying it but you know humans yeah so everything like uh, uh, when i hear the word energy for people like i i imagine like visually in my brain because i'm a creative guy see ripple effects yeah do you know what i mean and i think definitely the bigger the action you take whatever that is right yeah creates bigger ripples yeah Right. So, and the less action you take, or the less maybe intentional action you take, the smaller your ripples, right? And you should take big, intentional, fucking great wave making ripples. Yeah. To to put the energy into that world, right? Or say big words, like get rid of small talk because, like, conversations are such a opportunity to say something meaningful you yeah. should, like why waste it with small talk I wasted right? it. But... you've covered a lot it's been really awesome to have you tim thank you no yeah worries. thank you tim yeah that's i mean we we could do another session on it easily yeah can't we? <laughs> we could. I, I will talk about this stuff all day long so so if you need we'll have back, to have you on again <laughs> yeah yeah perfect well um all of the links that's been mentioned I will put in the description for those of you listening that would like to follow up on some of those. Um, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Tim. No worries. Thank Take you very care. much. Take and, care. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs>